and welcome to the latest edition of the Copcast podcast for Cop Left. And two games to talk about this week. And as usual, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for Liverpool Football Club and their fans. So joining me to talk about the ups and downs are uh, a great panel. Uh, so first up is our esteemed leader. Uh, first time in a while, it's Dave Caron in Brazil. How are you doing, Dave? All good, Neil. A few beers here at lunchtime, all looking good. Uh, you'll excuse my language today because I've been on the beer. Nice one, nice one. Well, I suppose you needed something to soothe the end of this, so uh, we'll see how we go. <clears throat> Alongside uh, Dave in London, we've got Umara Naz. How are you doing, Umara? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad, and uh, I think, yeah, as, as the listeners will find out, it'll be a bit of a, a bit of a tug of war this part with some positive and negative vibes going on, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into this. Definitely. And last but not least, of course, we've got uh, one of our regular guests, David Dunning, all the way from Belfast. How are you doing tonight, Dave? Yes, emotionally and mentally recovering, thank you, um, <laughs> with the help of alcohol, etc. So, um, yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right as well. I've, I've got plenty, the etc., and, and a bit of alcohol too. So, I mean, they, they are our friends. <laughs> In, in these times, times. Of, in times that's of great it. need, that's it. That's it. So yeah, driven to drink and whatever else. Uh, let's let's get into this. And um, yeah, we're just gonna be pretty free on this. We're, we're kind of rather than splitting them up and sort of looking at them as separate entities, we may as well roll it all into one. So we've had two games this week, and I'll, I'll start with uh, Dave Karen. Um, two games this week. So a pretty impressive performance against Everton. Uh, albeit against a, a fairly poor Everton side on the day, shall we say, um, they didn't really play up to how their uh, what, what their league position and their recent form would suggest. But that's kind of always the case when they come to Anfield. But nonetheless, an excellent performance from the Reds—a three-one win—and you know put them to the sword completely, total domination. Then we've got last night at Bournemouth, not a bad performance, slow in the first half, much better in the second half, but ultimately very disappointing as we dropped two points at the end. So, so yeah, thoughts, musings, opinions, ideas, Dave, what do you reckon? Well, it's hardly a surprise, Neil, is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> Win a game and, you know, to, to be honest with you, the, the best thing to come out this week was not the Everton loss, but the Everton take, taking the points off United. I think that was that's that's the biggest plus of the week. But as you rightly said about uh, about the derby game, Neil, um, I, I I was impre- I thought it was closer than probably most people thought. Uh, I think I'm sort of alone in this podcast, probably in that one. I, I didn't think we were that fantastic. I thought we were played well. Um, I think the thing that I noticed was having watched Phil Coutinho for two games um, for the Brazil national side here during the, the international break. It was clear that. Uh, there was a bit of an upturn in his form. You know, we've been giving out about him and consistency and whatnot, but he seemed to sort of spark back to life again. He brought that back in again for these couple of games. And it was sort of the, you know, after the Everton game, I, I was sort of thinking, well, you know, I've been, I've been anti-top four for a long time, as you know. I've been saying it's beyond us. And I think I went as far the last time I was on here saying, when we have parity of games played, I don't expect us to be in the top four. But it sort of altered, sort of moved a wee bit on that and thought, you know, we could possibly do it. But the Bournemouth result just sadly brings back into focus all those little things that that just keep me so sort of negative and so wary about it. Um, you know, as, as more or less, you know, we went into the Bournemouth game with everything in our own hands. If we continued to ju- at least match the the other teams around us point for point, we would get there. Um, the draw sort of knocks that back a little bit. While it's still in our own hands, it's not just as tightly in our grip. 
and I, you know, I do have the, the the way that we just gifted Bournemouth goals. It just worries me. You know, it, it truly does worry me. And I know we're down in the, the to, to, to our fourth choice centre back and whatnot. But seriously, it. it begs questions for, for, for these remaining games and it also begs questions in, in the area that I'm most worried about and that's bottle and I just still think we just lack bottle now mm-hmm. Interesting, so who wants to come in on that one Dave, uh, Dave or Bumsig um, Dave has a point there on bottle does it, does it come down to bottle? I mean for me, I, I see where we're getting at and um, there's a lot of I mean, a lot of people have mentioned this lack of leadership, lack of bottle you know, a bunch of <laughs> Bunch of choir boys and so on has been mentioned over over the course of the season, but but for me that goal in the last minute um, or last couple of minutes yesterday is just one of those things. It's pinball. We should clear it absolutely. We should be better, but when it falls at King's feet, Clavan's looking over his shoulder, doesn't have a clue where it is, and bang, it's in. But that could just as easily drop anywhere else. So for me, that that's a bit of dumb luck. Where are you on this? I don't think it's dumb luck at all I think you can't keep calling it a fluke or unlucky when it keeps on happening week in week out okay we had games where we played really well but then you we always you know we've always come down to back to earth with the bump with these kinds of performances and we do give away these goals quite often so I don't know how many times you can keep calling it a fluke or saying that we're unlucky I mean even Klopp said in his post-match that I'm obviously not explaining it properly to them because every second or third ball they're not clearing it and which is causing teams to score against us so he's even acknowledged that there's an issue there and it's something that happens a lot so what is it is it a mentality issue is it a quality issue is it a what I mean I've touched on all these points in in an article that you can read later but um it's got to be a combination of everything really I mean it's we don't have the players maybe the quality wise to cope with all these things and all these things um like we were speaking on the pre-pod it's got to knock the players confidence when they know when they're playing these kinds of teams and they're getting themselves into into positions maybe where they're just a goal up that they're going to get jittery at the back and they're going to you know all those doubts start creeping in because sport is a lot about a mentality um it, it sort of plagues you in the back of your mind and you think okay well are we going to concede and whether or not the um, substitution that we've talked about as well about Matip coming on invited the pressure on maybe a different matter but yeah I just I don't think you can call it unlucky when it keeps happening again and again and again it's there's a problem there and Klopp knows it as well it's just how we're going to solve it now is it we're going to obviously have to buy new players personnel change whatever it is Um, and then you know these guys have to string a few wins together get some confidence back because it's just it's two steps forward, one step back. We're winning a, a really big game, a really important game, really well, and then we're following it up with some shitty result, uh, a, a smaller team. So it's yeah, I don't know if we can keep saying that it, it's unlucky. Yeah, no, I mean I'm with you there in in the sense that we have conceded, I suppose, a few of these sloppy goals. I mean, we tend to concede sloppy goals, either a mistake or something from a set piece. We just so give them away. It's just like... Yeah. It's, I well, mean, the I'm, first I'm, one is especially, I mean, last night, Jeannie, that, that's an abs- absolute giveaway, really, isn't it? It's just like a charity. It's just, you know, just giving free stuff away. They, the opposition, opposition doesn't even have to work hard. I mean, it's pretty nailed on. We're going to give one shit goal away. I mean, when was the last time... I don't know, when was the last time we kept a clean sheet? You're going to tell me last week or something now. I've completely forgotten. But it seems like forever. And it's just, it, it happens all the time and, and teams don't have to do much or hardly anything. Was it two shots on target they had? Yeah, and, two, you know, two shots on target, two goals. 
where you might think that we were able to defend a lead, Klopp should also know that, well, actually, we can't defend a lead because we're likely to give away a shitty goal. And, and if, if a team does have just the one shot on target, it's likely to end up in a goal. So I don't understand why that sub was made. Personally, I was a bit baffled at the time. And we even, in the WhatsApp group, a couple of us expressed concern, thinking it's only 2-1. Maybe we should have pushed on, gone for the jugular, maybe gone for the third goal. If we were 3-1 up, then maybe, OK, you can say we can defend a lead. But I don't think we're in that position against these smaller teams, maybe. And we've done, we've done it, we did it against Chelsea earlier in the season, where we can defend these leads. We just don't seem to have the mentality for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because we did it against, we managed it against Burnley. Uh, we managed it against Arsenal. Uh, and then, of course, we, we haven't managed it in a few of the games you, you mentioned there. And, of course, uh, against West Ham earlier in the season and and so on. So, yeah, going back on that, our last clean sheet was on the 11th of February and that was at home against um, Tottenham. So that's Five games ago, six games ago. Yeah, there have been six six games since we kept a clean sheet in the Premier League. So this is a problem, Dave Dunning. Uh, and we were we were talking about it pre-pod. You know, the, the we were talking about Crystal Palace coming up. And we, uh, the, we were saying the issue for us isn't uh, scoring goals. It's keeping clean sheets. So is it a case of bottle, as has been Mentioned or mentality, as as Umaros kind of touched on there, uh, or is is it just simply a case of our centre backs are shit, our defence is shit, our keeper is is pretty shit? I mean, that's quite those are quite sweeping statements, perhaps, and probably not all true. But shall we say that we don't have good enough centre halves and we don't have a good enough goalkeeper to begin with? Uh, so is it a personnel issue, or is there more to it? So let's say that all of those points are right and everyone is shit from like Jordan Henderson backwards. I know you'll disagree with me, Dave, but we'll not get into that argument right Yes, now. he's shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, I, I, I knew that. Um, so it's weird that you can... you can Right, let me, let me try and explain this. I don't think it's an issue of ball necessarily because... We've won more points from losing positions than any other team in the league. Now that to me shows balls and bottle. That's what that, that yeah. and character. That's what that tells me exactly. However, if you look at at games like that, games like West Ham at home, games like Swansea, where you're in a position where you're either winning or you've come back to draw and you fucking throw it all away. Because that's essentially what we do in those games. We throw it away. And that shows lack of bottle. But, Dave, it, but, but again, it flies in the face of, of where we've seen them have balls and bottles. So I, I, just, it, I think it could, be, it could be a mentality thing. I think as much for the other team now, because this narrative's been flying around against, we're so poor against the weaker sides, and it's given those sides an incentive to think that, well, we can go in here and we can we can score a goal and they do. Or if there's only one goal in it, you know, in the last 10 minutes, we, we can still get a goal. We can still get a corner or a free kick or a fucking long throw and we can fucking just kick it into the net from some kind of scramble in the box, which invariably happens. So... Is it, it complacency, all... do you think? I don't think so. I, I it... think it's... it's it, to me, it looks like panic. 
It looks like panic. And it's a lack of winners as well, David. It goes back to, you know, there's none of them yet there who've, who've ever lifted anything really. You know what I mean? There's not, there's not a winner amongst them. There's not an appetite amongst them. And it shows at times, and that Bournemouth game is a prime example. We could have gone and got a third. We're, you know, we're knocking on the door for third. But no, what do we do? Instead, we concede. And that just shows a weakness, a frailty that, that, that we shouldn't have. This is, we have a world-class manager, a lauded manager around football. And this is happening on his, on his watch. But then you could look at Man United, for example, and say that they have probably the most praise, the most successful manager of all time who has been given an absolute war chest, and you look at the fucking dribble there. Yeah, but, but they I can mean, hide behind a 19-game unbeaten run, and that's what they hide it, behind. Yeah, they, they, you know. Let them hide, but they are hiding. I mean, I'd, I would much rather take the ups and downs with Klopp and have the excitement rather than take the 19 fucking nil-nils and one-ones and maybe the odd one-nil here and there and uh, pretend to be some some special team. But really what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is that, yes, while there are still absolutely weaknesses there and frailties, in, and we tend to put them into a narrative, into a pattern, there are also massive kind of upsides. There are amazing... We are also having the amazing games. We are also smashing the Arsenals and, and, and the cities and, and beating the Chelsea's and hammering Everton consistently and, and Spurs can't don't have a candle, can't hold a candle to us and, and all the rest of it. So so there is the flip side. Whereas uh and, and that's that's on his watch as well. So the the question I think I'm really trying to trying to sort of boil it down to, and Dave Dunham makes a, a really good point about the uh, the times we've come back, uh, and and one point again more. I'll reiterate more than any other any other team in the league this season, which shows great fight, bottle, belief, confidence, all the things that we would rightly, in a way, accuse them of not having in other games. Why why do we have this check on high performance? Is it simply what I suppose what I'm trying to get at is is it that the players are mentally fragile or is it that we don't have good enough players to be consistent game after game after game that after a high maybe there is a natural drop off because they can't reach that same level again and again and again. No, there's a part of it for me where it's like you know, you talk about the let's call them the top teams, our biggest games of the season, and we win those. Yes we do. And whether that be mentally or whatever. Uh, we are we we we're better prepared for those, but those teams come to play football, and when you want to play football against Liverpool at the minute, you're more than likely going to get a very good game out of us, and you're more than likely going to lose. But that only amounts to what six or seven teams in the league. That leaves an awful lot more who don't want to play football against us, and I think that the mentality issue comes in there, Neil. When it, you know when when they're up against Tony Pulis or an Alan Pardew type team. And the heads are down before they even go out. You know, they know what they're going to come up against. They know it's a hard job to break it down. And it's just having that fortitude. It's just having that mental strength to go, you know what, we're going to take the game to you and we're going to fucking beat you and we're going to push you into the ground. I've never seen that this season from when when we play those teams. And, you know, bar the 6-1 at at Watford, that was a a rare occasion when we cut loose. Um, I sort of look at those. If we don't get a goal in the first 20 minutes... We may not get a goal at all, and with our record defensively, that means we're going to ship one or gift one, and that is where the problem comes in. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, we have been pretty poor 
against th- those kinds of teams really since 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 the the new year I would say because I mean we did have a couple of those where we I mean we beat West Brom comfortably at home earlier in the season we beat Stoke comfortably at home earlier in the season we beat Watford as you mentioned comfortably well hammered all early hammered. goals Neil you know yeah. what I mean and we were playing well in yeah. that first half of the we season hammered Leicester, we hammered Leicester we hammered um Hull as well 5-1 at home so I mean we have beaten all those uh, and Sunderland at home we we beat 2-0 we had to grind it, but we eventually got our goals, and, and they never looked like scoring. So we have beaten all of them. That's kind of what I'm what I'm trying to say. And you're absolutely right. We did get early goals in in most of those games. Maybe not one or two, but most of them. But we we always believed we were going to win those games as a as a team, as a club. Those eleven players on the pitch. What what changed, and why has that changed? So I mean, I suppose we are coming back to the fact that maybe it is a mentality thing. Why? Can those players not just turn up and do it against the Arsenals and the Cities and whatever, but also smash the Hulls and the Watfords earlier in the season and then turn up and and uh, and not be able to produce in, in other games against those teams? Because it's, it's not just a case of not being able to handle that style or whatever. It must be there must be something else to it. I don't think that it's. This is really strange for me because logically you'd think. With a team that play the, the a team that play the way we do, that these teams are going to set up defensively and we're going to struggle to break them down. And yes, that has happened on occasion this season, but we always score at least one goal, always. And if you look at points at Anfield, we've dropped in particular. You know, two two was West Ham, three two against Swansea, two two last night. And there's more examples that aren't popping into my head right now. We always score, so it's not a problem actually putting the ball in the net against these teams. It's keeping them out at the other end. So what the question in my mind is why we continue to concede on more than one occasion against sides who generally score less than or less than or just over a goal a game on average. That's yeah. that to me comes down, I think, to two things. Personnel is an issue and you know Clavin for the fucking goal last the, the goal last night the second goal is uh, the amateur is is a fucking compliment to him to say no that it's, like he, it's no absolutely <laughs> horrific defending basics is just don't let the player turn that's all you need to do it doesn't don't even need to worry about the ball he's fucking looking he's looking over his shoulder and away over to the fucking corner flag and Josh King is somehow able to turn 180 degrees and stick the ball in the bottom corner. So Even the first that, goal, though, didn't you see when... Um, I know, obviously, the back pass was awful, but he, was it a phobie who scored for, for Bournemouth? He yeah. quickly just... He left Clavin for dead, you know, just in a second. I mean, he was aware and, and Clavin did, just took his eye off the man. Well, he anticipated well, really well, quickly, to be yeah, fair. He, he did do well, but Clavin was just... Two, it took like half a second and he was away and Clavin just didn't even know. He did lose the sort of sight of his man for me as well. I mean, okay, Genie didn't help the situation. No, of course not. It was, you know, he's to blame and no one's saying that. But for me, I think he could have maybe done a little bit more to put a phobie off. He'd, he'd had tons of space in about half a second. Yeah, I don't think he's great. There was one point that Lovren had to actually come right across from the other side of the fucking pitch to cover for him because he was so slow and, and getting back. So to, to me, he's played far more games than he should have this season. And 
it's it's not a coincidence that our record's far better when Clavin and, and Matip or sorry, not Jesus, fuck no. Um, when when Lovren and Matip play, yeah. you know. But again, this comes back to the fact that we can't seem to keep players fit, and Lovren hasn't been fit, Matip hasn't been fit for long periods, and that hasn't been able to develop in the centre half partnership. And when they're missing, ultimately we're flawed because our squad is by far the weakest of yes. the of the six top teams. So for me, it's squad depth. It absolutely is, and we need to get the transfer window in the summer right. That's that's it. We need to get okay. top four and get transfer window in the summer right, and we navigate this potentially sticky situation. I think Klopp's even, I think the pre-Bournemouth press conference admitted partially that, you know, they'd made mistakes. I think the headline was um, Klopp um, regrets not buying the January transfer. And I don't think he obviously said those exact words, but he's, he's admitted that they made mistakes and they're going to learn from them, which I think he was referring to the lack of... Needs to start listening to this pod, Denhams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we should send it his way. Somebody should... Um, one of your LFC mates who's got some inside info. Eh? Um, but yeah, he's, he, he realised that now, I think, obviously a bit too late. But I mean, it's like you guys said, top four still on. No one's saying, I mean, the anger last night, and I, I know there were lots of arguments uh, with lots of other people, but I think the, the, argue, sorry, the anger was kind of warranted in a way because of, of the situation we were in and how we, we came back and then, you know, we do what we always do and although it's half expected it still annoys you but then you know obviously him he needs to kind of fix that with this um in the summer transfer window as well so you know it's going to be like you guys say interesting to see what he does do and if he can add a few more people and what he does because that's what it is the issue is at the moment if one player is missing we're completely lost and we've got three or four key players missing at the moment which doesn't help the situation Mane obviously the latest yeah it always seems to be a combination of of uh, people or uh, players at once, which is what's the word? Pretty uh, devastating. Depressing. Actually. Yeah, depressing. But it can be devastating to, to the team because unlucky. if we're going back to the <laughs> unlucky, I don't do it as well as you do. But if you're going back to the uh, to the what October November, which is probably the run into December, essentially when we were sweeping all all before us, kind of thing. We had what you would say is our first choice 11 on the pitch week in, week out. And that actually wasn't Mignolet and Goal, it was Carius. It was Matip and Lovren at the back, Miller and Klein on the sides. It was uh, Henderson, Wijnaldum, Lallana. And it was Firmino, Coutinho, Mane. And that 11, I think, I mean, we, as we said, we weren't conceding. And we were scoring a lot of goals. Maybe we were conceding one goal in a game, but we were scoring four or five. And often the, the one goal was a consolation. Uh, and we were ripping teams apart. But ever since that, was it the second international break or the third international break of the season? The one where Coutinho gets injured on his way back or on the game afterwards or something. And Lalana gets injured when he's away with England. And Matty uh, then can't play. For a month because of the Cameroon nonsense and so on, and it, it's kind of mushroomed, and it's been very, very rare that though all that that team has turned out. In fact, then of course Mignolet came back in, Carrius got dropped. So I mean that that team actually hasn't played since, 
so it, it, I, I think I think you're absolutely right on the on the squad depth. I think we don't have good enough players or players of the same the same exact style to come in and, and fill in and do a good enough job on a consistent basis. Um, so the summer, yes, the summer's going to be interesting. Uh, where are you on this, Dave? On the summer uh, and uh, <laughs> what needs to be done. Well, first of all, we need to get top four, and that's that is that's the key to the whole summer. You know what I mean? If we if we're sitting and we get top four going into that transfer window, we're a different animal. If we fail to get it, you know, I've been saying for a while. I think our setback could be years um, before before we look at it again because I think the caliber of player that we can attract, Champions League. You know, we we thought it last season. You know, we thought, oh, we've got Klopp. We're going. We're going to raid the Bundesliga. We're going to have a full German eleven nearly. It didn't work out that way. Um, so I think going into this window, it's sort of more feet in the ground and you know, trying to be more realistic about it. But the, the way that our targets keep falling worries me. Um, not that there, the, the, there's other ones, but certainly the ones that we've been heavily, heavily linked to all seem to be going other directions. They're not waiting for us uh, to see what happens. And I think key to the whole door is top four. So what's it going to take then, do you reckon? I mean, we'll start with that then. We've got eight, eight games left, so... We're on 60 points. The biggest godsend right at this moment in time is that Arsenal are in a position that they're not used to being in, having to fight to be in that top four in April. Normally, they're pretty well set there and you know that they're going to finish there. Not certain. They're looking terrible. Uh, at times, they're looking awful. Sanchez, I think, half, got half, you know, half his body's out the door, never mind a foot. And Ozil's not far behind him. There's tr- and, you know, the, the whole thing, we've never, you know, we've had anti-Vanger stuff uh, before we've seen it, but never at this stage of the season because they're always sort of there or thereabouts, and they're certainly always going to get top four. It's not the case this time round. And well, they're usually locked into, as you say, some kind of win and run by this stage. Yeah, and and you know they normally have this patch early on in a the season. They're they're in this real uncertainty, and they're a bit like us. You know what you know what I mean? That they've really like nearly turned into us, and it's a blessing in disguise. They've got two games in hand that that would put them level with us if they won them. If they won them, however, they've I they think they've still got uh, certainly they've still got United to play. I think they've still got Spurs to play. I mean, they've still got quite a few of the the big guns left to to go. Don't say they? say if United and Arsenal did win those two games. You know, suddenly we're all level on points, and then it doesn't look so rosy. That's what. But wait, we're winning on the goal difference side. Yeah, yeah, it's just another thing why we need to then get some three points on the board, a couple of yeah. wins, just to just to put the pressure on because it feels like they're just breathing down our necks, just waiting for them to to win those two games in hand. Just assuming they're going to win. Absolutely. Yeah. For me though, for me at, at sixty points with them the way they are, uh, seventy two for me is enough to get fourth, and that's twelve points, eight games. Uh, I don't know how how you see that, but I, I mean, no, I mean. I was reading earlier 76. I think you're going to need about 76. Everything that's being discussed here revolves around us getting top four. You know, we've talked about the transfer window. We're talking about what needs done. We talked about a change of direction. We've talked about the change of maybe mentality with the owners going into this window. But it all hinges on what's happening this season. What's happening this season is so goddamn important all of a sudden. And you, you, look, United have a, a rough run, and I truly believe that Jose's playing his games and, and he's got all his eggs into what looks like a pretty weak Europa League compared to what we faced last year in, in the run in. And I think that they are going to be there or thereabouts, as much as that pains me to say it. But the nearer to it that they get, 
the the better it is for us in this league because that you know the, I think he really the league cup isn't enough for Mourinho's ego. I think he needs that European trophy and the sniff of it, the man, the smell of it's driving him mad. But as Um says, we need the three points on the board, and we threw two of those three points away yesterday, and that's a concern. Yeah, we may not lose, but we need three points. We need wins, and we need. I would say the next three games, if we can put nine points on the board in the next three games, which is not. It's not something that we're asking a big amount of this team. They should be more than capable of doing. Then I think you're looking at a completely, as you say, they're playing catch up. The other teams and those games aren't played until the end of this month. I think to bring the, to to regularize the you know the amount of games played. And if we can, yeah, rack and us one more, of them, one of United certainly is against City. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. they they have City and Arsenal, and you, you know, look, you're looking at. It, it, we're, it's win-win for us in those games, no matter what. It was like the city, um, the city against Chelsea. You know, as long as City didn't win a draw or a win for for Chelsea, that was that was a win for us, in my opinion. You know, we and, and then us pe- pegging the three, uh, you know, pegging three points, which we didn't, or we well, we did manage to do. Um, you know, that was so important, and that put us that then that was the reason we had the reaction to the Bournemouth game because we'd given ourselves a chance we've wrestled it from not being in our control so to speak you know if the teams win their games in hand to actually being in a control it didn't matter if they won their, their games so what we needed was a win and what we'd do we bottled it and we fucking threw it away mm. well we, we did we did drop it at the end uh, um, again it comes back to that that word <laughs> bottle but Dave what do you what do you reckon Dave Donnan uh <laughs> Excuse me. Cough it up. It's only a lung. Yeah, no, only needed the one leg. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I reckon 12 points is enough for fourth. Uh, 16, two points a game for me pretty much uh, would probably give you third. Definitely guarantees fourth. But with the fixers left, with the points being the way that they are, I think if you put 12 on the board, you get 72, 73 points. You're, you're certainly um, you're going to get fourth. How do you see that working out? Uh, do you think we need more than that, or do you think we can we can carry on win draw win draw and be all right? Um, yeah, win draw win draw, pretty much. Um, I I take these games in batches of two from now on, um, and then you know you Middlesbrough is the last match, and I think pretty much they're going to be down. Yeah, 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 they're going to be down, and I, as well, I think every, everything could pretty much be sorted by then. You yeah. know, I think everything will be where it's going to be at that point. And you know, if you look at if you look at this, if, if I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try and take some type of fucking hope from these last couple of days, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do it this way. If we look at our last two games, um, we have four points. So we actually made points on Chelsea. Um, we made points on Manchester United. Mm. We. Didn't drop any points or, or lose any points on Arsenal, and we made points on City. So yeah, Spurs were the big winners this week. Spurs were the big winners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They were the big, big winners out of everybody. But we're a fucking close second. So you know, as as devastating, and it was devastating as as a fucking late goal was, and uh, the other night, and the reason it was devastating is because that would have. That would have made everybody fucking breathe a little easier. That would have that would have repelled some of the anxiety and stress that this entire season has caused, where we have been on the cusp for so long. We were on the cusp of a title challenge, and then immediately 
we were on the cusp of we just need to qualify for top four now. And actually, you know, if things keep going the way they've gone the whole season, we're going to be in the top four there all year. More importantly, take pressure off the players. I mean, screw us, lot. We're just sitting here. I mean, it's absolutely because you know they're the ones who've got to go out and do it. And my concern is, and I know what you guys are saying about um, looking at game by game or in blocks of two or however. My concern is that this might it just might start. They might start doubting themselves against these teams. And I know you've said that we've beaten these teams before, but I think some of those games were at home. Um, and then if we're dropping silly points at home to Bournemouth, this wasn't even an away game. I just, I, I do worry that it's not going to be as smooth as you say. And I know, again, what you're saying about the win draw, win draw, but you can't guarantee there's going to be a loss in there somewhere as well. I just think we put unnecessary pressure on ourselves for, you know. But hang on, I'm going to give you, I've just pulled up United's fixtures here. Not only, they play Tottenham, Chelsea, City and Arsenal in their running. Yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah, there's yeah. four. You're yeah. going to tell me that they're not going to drop points in at least half of those. Yeah, this is Easter what I mean, Sun- Dave. Well, Easter but, but we need to do our job, though. That's all fair. We absolutely what, do. Yeah, Easter, we need Easter. to do that. We need to keep our end of the bargain, which is my concern. I'm not bothered about other teams anymore. Like you said, it's in our hands. Yeah, but, but it's, it's, get, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting nine points. The next nine points. That's for me. That's yeah. what it's all about. It's I nailing those points that, yeah, on. That was saying that um, our odds for. Um, to get in top four dropped by what, 8% from last night's loss. So we're 69% or something to get into top four, where we were 77 or something before, eight points. Um, and I think, what is it, um, Arsenal were 36% and United were 18 So there was this, some kind of graphic on Twitter earlier. I, I don't know who to credit. I'll look back and maybe tweet it later. But it just, it just, it just concerns me. I'm really sorry. I wish I could be as, um, as positive as you guys about it. But these letters to these silly teams... And the thing is, you can you can afford a you can afford a loss even in the in the next in the next eight games. You have got eight games to go, and without those fixtures for United, we've talked about the fixtures for Arsenal, but who, by the way, are absolutely awful against their rivals and always have been. I mean, certainly for the last decade. I mean, they will absolutely drop points in those games. Um, but to get twelve points from eight games. You only need four wins. You could actually probably, you know, you could afford probably to lose the other four. You know, you don't want to. Of course not. It's really important to win this weekend, definitely. Yeah, I think it's one of those massive. Four, it has yeah. to come this weekend. You can't draw Absolutely. again or lose because that is just really going to just send. Yeah, psychologically, you have, you have to come out and you have yeah. to go to Stoke and you have to get the three points on the board. But the football's so funny. That if Liverpool go and do that and go and win at Stoke, even if it's scrappy, even if it's one nil, two one, whatever it is, everyone will be happy again next week, and no one will be shitting the shitting the pants. Easter Sunday is a, is a massive day really for us. We've got West Brom away in the half one kickoff, or uh, yeah, it's half one. Man United then play Chelsea, host Chelsea in the afternoon, and that's that's a massive day. If Liverpool get the win and. As long as Chelsea don't lose in that game, which I can't see happening, that's that's a huge, huge day. Yeah, those two uh, weeks that game's that game's going to be a war. Be it late. Yeah. You see, you see that Sunday that is going to be a war because Mourinho really wants to beat Chelsea, and I'm bloody sure Conte will not want to lose there. I would say that's that's going to be a, a war of a game. Yeah, and it should be amazing to watch them tear strips off each other. Really, I mean, 
the good thing from our point of view, from a Liverpool point of view, is that we've we're out of that now. We've done our business in that particular arena, and we've walked away the champions of that particular mini league. Now we have to just knuckle down and beat not even the bottom sides. They're not they're mid table sides. They're sides that essentially most of them don't have that much left to play for. They're sides that, yeah, in a Liverpool fan's mind, they, they bring up trepidation because of the likes of Pulis and Stoke on a Wednesday night and all that kind of stuff. But in reality, they're teams we've beaten this season. They're teams we've beaten last season. You know, they're, they're teams we should be beating. They're teams that aren't fighting for their lives. So, yeah, for me, I, I understand why the bookies odds uh, changed slightly and we, we moved out slightly, but we're still heavy, heavy favourites to get in to the top four. And I think they're right. I think we will make the top four. Um, I think we're still in absolutely in the box seat. And as long as we don't do anything stupid against Stoke at the weekend, I think it's going to be very difficult for either an Arsenal or a United to actually um, dislodge us. This team needs to motivate themselves somehow and just play each game like it's their last because or Klopp needs to do something because they just need to sort themselves out. Well, for me, this is where the manager earns his money. You can talk about fucking tactics and, and strategy all day long, but this this at this point of the season, this is where the manager earns his fucking millions that he earns. It's on the line and you need to go out and do a job because we're better we are better than all the teams that we're playing it's as simple as that we're better than them and that old cliche that the league table doesn't lie i firmly believe in the league table doesn't lie because we're better than all those teams and we've shown it this season you know the games that remain stoke we've already beaten west brom we've already beaten palace we've already beaten west ham we've already beaten watford we've beaten and middlesbrough we've beaten and we drew with Southampton. So we drew with drew with West Ham as well, West man. Ham, yeah. Oh, drew West Ham. Sorry, yes, we did draw West Ham. So if but you we replic- are unbeaten, we are unbeaten yeah. against all of them. Yeah. If you replicate those results, that's what seventeen points. Is it seventeen points or is it fifteen points? Fifteen points. Seventeen points. Seventeen points. Yeah. That that gets you third, and ultimately, I genuinely think we should be looking at third. You know, we made two points on City over over the last two games. And I genuinely think that you should be, we should Just be, take fourth, Dave, and leave it. <laughs> Dave, we should be, though. We should be aiming for third place. You just mentioned... All Before the Christmas, we were aiming to win the league. Let's keep let's keep our feet in it. Fourth, fourth. I mean, you've got to qualify in fourth, though. You do have to qualify in fourth. I couldn't give a so shit. This is this... <laughs> no, Dave, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be fucking disappointed if we get fourth. But I, I there is, it's not unrealistic to say that we can we can get third. That's not unrealistic at all. Yeah, okay, and be ambitious, but I, I, I only want fourth. That's all. Look, fourth is anything more is a bonus to me. Would you prefer third, though? Come on. <laughs> Dave, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, it's a realistic aim. I'm not saying second's a realistic aim. We could get second. I don't think it's likely, but third is by no means outside of our reach, especially as you've mentioned with the the games that the the other sides have to play against one another. Yeah, well here, let, let's look, let's look at ours. Take it a game at a time, yeah. Yeah, let, let, let's take it a game at a time. Stoke, like are you confident going there getting 3 points for a start? Um, I am 100% confident of going there and getting really? three points. I would be I would be confident going there and not losing, but I wouldn't I'm, I wouldn't be Neil McCullers in the master 3 points. Well, I wouldn't I don't think you can nail 
Unfortunately, I don't think we can nail our colours absolutely firm. And therein lies the problem. <laughs> on any game. But then so few can. I mean, who the fuck saw Palace beating Chelsea Who just say 100%? Week? Who just said yeah? 100% we're going to get But I <laughs> definitely think that we will go to Stoke and win. I, I can say that I think we, we, we will. It doesn't mean we... Okay, so, that, so, so, so after that, we, would, we go to West Brom. Are we going to win there? I can, see, I can see that being a draw. I can see us dropping points there. And then we're well, up against a resurgent not- Crystal Palace. Then we're against Watford, who always treat us very badly. Then we've Southampton at home, who beat us the last time they went there. Um, we're away to, to West Ham, and we're at home final game of the season to Middlesbrough. There's more banana skins in there than this street, and I'm surrounded by fucking bananas. The whole, the whole league. <laughs> Is banana skins. That's the point. If they weren't, we wouldn't be in this position. If they weren't, whoever won the league would have a maximum point haul of what is it? A half, one hundred and fourteen points. But that's not how it works. I know, but you so know, yeah, thir- specifically match, to look, us, it's no, it's more not specific skins. to us. I guys, guys, if we win, if so. we win every game between now and the end of the season, second is a possibility. You know we what would I mean? get second. We would get yeah. second. Yeah, we probably would get second. But the fact of the matter is, we don't... Can I ask us a question? Can I ask you all a question? Okay. Dave, do you think we will accumulate more points in Manchester United between now and the end of the season? Based on our fixtures and their fixtures? By a wafer, probably yes. By probably a point, okay. yes. Okay. And that's two points because our goal difference is far superior. Do yeah. you think we will accumulate more points than Arsenal? Definitely, definitely. I think, I think, I think Arsenal are imploding, and as soon as they face some somebody big, they implode big time. Okay, Ums, same questions. Yeah, pretty much. Because obviously, you've got United have got a lot of tough fixtures coming up, and they've got Europa League to think about. So I think their form, league form, will suffer. So yeah, I think we'll get more points than them, but I couldn't say how many. Arsenal, probably. Yeah, they've got a couple of big games as well. Neil. You know what my answers are. We're definitely <laughs> all right. Fair enough. So, Get to the point, guys. That's that's the reality here. That's, that's the reality. Fourth. That's fourth. That's fourth. We just need to be better than those two teams. That's all we need to do. I mean, we weren't. We weren't one hundred percent convinced, are Dave? Were we of, of our yes? And I, look, I know, I know. But what I'm saying is, it doesn't need to be fucking mass panic. You know, we don't need to be packing the suitcases up and throwing them in the back of the fucking car. And heading for the fucking hills. But it's the old it's... final syndrome, Dave. You know what I mean? Like if you look at look at our last season there, you know, we've got two finals, fell at the last hurdle. And there's something about this team that falls at the last hurdle. And my fear is that we miss out in goal difference or something daft like that. And it'll just be hard to take. You know what I mean? I'm I'm bubble wrapping myself in a way by my comments in this pod. Because I'm, I'm I just fucking you. know what's you. fucking coming. But I don't I know about you guys, wanna... but when I Sorry, when I um when I get pissed on at a particular result, I'm not necessarily thinking long term top four. I'm just pissed because we drop points against Bournemouth. Oh no, it's always about it's, it's always about the implication a, for me. Always about, implication. I, I don't know, but not for me. I mean, obviously you you do think about it, but the main thing is you know sort of in isolation you think bloody hell, how did we let that one go? We were winning and it's at home, and then we. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I questionable guess that's totally substitutes. That's, that's, the immediate reaction, though. I mean, that's natural. That's emotional. I mean, God, my and then afterwards, you kind comment of in, the, in the pod last night yeah, or in, in the group last night was, you know, you wouldn't repeat it, but you sort of step back the next day and you look at it, you think about it, you look at the table, you look at the fiction, whatever, and you, you do sort of go, like the manager has to go and like the players have to go and whatever, you know, it's just one game. In the grand scheme of things, it was always a... 
No, I was just as It was always a marathon, <laughs> not a sprint. Well, I mean, I woke up, I was coughing at, at five in the morning, it woke me up, and I went to the bathroom and had cough mix and whatever, and it fucking dawned on me after about 20 seconds that we fucking yeah. did, didn't win, and it was raging. But then, you know, then I went back to bed, and I got up again, I had work and whatever, and it, by the time it got to about 11, I'd had a cup of tea and whatever, it wasn't quite as bad, and then, you know, you were on at me on the... On the on the Twitter, you know, saying this and that, and I just sort of said, yeah, well, you're you're right, it was fucking terrible, but at the same time, you don't have to jump off a cliff like it's not it's not absolutely the end of the world. We're still it's still in our hands. We're still in the boxing, and if we do fuck it up from here, then I suppose at the end of the day, it just does prove that we weren't good enough or that we're not good enough. Yeah. But I don't actually think that that's the truth, and I think that that's probably why very confident that we will get enough points and we won't have done what we wanted to do necessarily this season we won't have won the league we won't have run away with it and whatever and there will have been ups and downs but ultimately we will have done enough because I think we're good enough like the concern I have is right and I'm, I'm really not firing shots at anybody here absolutely not but I worry that this type of the, the type of negativity that can be like long-standing has a detrimental effect on the entire club. And I only say that because I see what's happening at Arsenal. And do you know what? Do you see the fucking fan base? I think half the reason that fucking club is in the position that it's in. They've created their own narrative around Arsenal. But that's on a much bigger scale, isn't it? It, I mean, they've got the manager out and everything. It's not like... It is. Ooms, it is on a much bigger scale. But, you know, this 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 is the point point of we're now fucking X amount of years without a league title and yeah do you know what we've had we've had far greater highs than Arsenal in the last 25 years but it's still that it's still that frustration that ongoing frustration that we still haven't had a league title um, and United have recently drawn level with us with the, the number of, of overall trophies won and that could be exceeded by the end of the year and I don't want that frustration to eat into something that is new. Yeah, it isn't, yeah. It, this 100%. is new. This is new. This isn't. This isn't um, part of that. This isn't connected it's not, to that. It's not connected to the, the previous twenty five years where we haven't won a league title. This is something which is going to take. You know, and you you look at again. You look at if you want to go back to Dortmund and try and put it into some kind of t- type of context and Klopp's time there. It took him to his third season to really get them. You know, up challenging um, for a Champions League spot, and and actually becoming contenders. So I just I just want my frustration is this is this is why I try to remain positive. And fuck me, I know it's hard. I absolutely know it's hard. But David, it's the prize. It's the prize. If we don't get top four this season, how much does it sell? Like there's so much riding on it. You know what I mean? There's so much riding on this season. I totally agree. You're, and when you said earlier on it shapes our whole summer, I couldn't agree with you more. It completely... I would presume that if, if we're any way professional, the transfer committee or Mike Edwards or whatever is going to have a fucking portfolio of players to go and, and discuss and try and sign if we get into the top four and a portfolio of players for if we don't. Because that's the way I see it. So we need to... As, as supporters, in my eye, try and fucking push us over the line. If it only wins us one more fucking point between now and the end of the season, that could be the difference, you know? Because I do not want 
to fucking watch a match where we're booing our own fucking fans off the pitch for this, that, and the other. And that is why I try to remain any way positive. And I genuinely believe, logically, logically speaking, not emotionally speaking, that we're better than those two sides that are below us currently. Is there is there a problem with us as fans? You know, based on what you're saying, uh, you I know, think there is. Uh, because Literally. you, you sort, you know, you, you hear the likes of Carly and whatnot who go to games there say, you know, you can feel the tension um, around yeah. the ground, especially this because season. We, but because you we can't can. separate it as fans, we can't, we can't put it the, the last twenty five, in fact, twenty seven years behind us. We can't say, well. You know that's completely. But we were starting to at, at the at the turn of the is. year, Neil. At the turn of the year, we sort of there was a different but mood. We were winning games, but that's because we were winning. But that's all. Football fans are fickle fuckers, and you try saying that after a few pints, but it's, but it's <laughs> absolutely it's absolutely true because when, when you're winning, everything's great. You know, we we fell off yeah, a cliff in January, it, and and was that the catalyst for all the, the cracks, the old cracks that have been sort of patched yeah, over, reopening, climb. We're halfway back up the cliff and we're hanging on on the fucking cliff edge and we're pretty much safe, you know. We've, we're being winched up at this point and, you know, it's all good and it's all secure. Only we can now, not we, but as the club, the collective, Liverpool, the players, the manager, the, the fans, and it is in our hands. We are essentially back to where we want it to be. We're, we're in control now. We're not kind of clambering around looking for something to, to keep us up. We're, we're there. We just need to keep going. Two points a game, win, draw, win, draw, 12 points, 15 points, whatever it is. There are enough games left against uh, beatable opposition. And us as fans, I think Dave Dunham's absolutely right. We have to try and, and be grown up about it and actually separate it. Because if you put the baggage of 27 years of disappointment on top of every new project, it's never, ever, ever going to succeed. Ever. You're constantly, every time anything goes a little bit wrong, you're going to have this whole weight of bullshit toppling down upon you again. And what manager, fucking Superman couldn't sort that out, you know? Nobody can. I think about about when Hodgson was in. And I was fucking just just demoralised. Didn't even fucking really care. Didn't even really want to fucking put the TV on whenever they played. I'd rather have, I'd have pulled the curtains actually if they were playing in the fucking backyard. It was that bad, and I was just demoralised. But now I'm trying to find fucking chinks of light, and I know it's difficult. But there are some chinks of light that have come out of the last the last couple of matches. You know. Coutinho, Dave, you touched on it earlier on. He looks like a fucking man reborn. And you know I'm an advocate of him playing in in that left forward role. And I think that's I honestly think that's where he excels. You know, because well, he's he can well, he's brilliant there. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant, you know. Um and I, I don't I, you can you can disagree with me if you want, but the first three months of the season, that was player of the year form in that position. So to see him back two goals in two games and you know, the concerns of him coming off after an hour, but apparently he was ill. He, he was ill. He, he threw up, I think, at half time and he, he just wasn't well. Um, so that t- kind of forced that substitution. And we've already talked about the limitations on the bench. Um, and the other positive that I've seen from from that is is Lovren's come back and played well. Lucas has come back and played well. But the, the, the standout ones are 
Rigi, who, who come on, come on the derby, scored a good goal, question the goalkeeper if you want, but immediately involved. And last night, I thought he was probably our best player. Agreed. Um, held the ball, ball up brilliantly. Um, he scored his goal. He probably could have had another one. Um, but we forget, you know, we forget, we talk about Emery Tan, we go, you know, this, this kid's only 23. This lad's only 21. He's 21 years old. He's a fucking boy. And he has There's all idiots the... talking of selling him in the summer. Oh, he's yeah. The... He's one of our best prospects. All the tools. He's a qu- and the other thing is, he's a quintessential fucking Jurgen Klopp FSG signing. It's that he is the he's the fucking blueprint. He's, he's the blueprint. He's the one that has the potential to be the Lewandowski in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. and you know what just, else? Just because he, he had a few you know bad games. He is? Yeah. he is. People talk about us not having a plan B. I think he's our fucking plan B. Firmino is as, as good as he is in some areas and as lacking he is in others, and, and maybe getting the numbers that he should be playing through the middle. Origi might not might not put the same shift in with regards to winning the ball back, closing closing the play down and, and running the channels and his movement might not be as good. But as an out-and-out centre-forward to, to hold the ball up and to be that poacher in, 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 between, in between the sticks and his link-up play, you know, for me, he is going to be a, a huge part of, of that team moving forward. And we've seen the same form now in the last few games that he showed at the back end of the last season before he got injured in the derby. Um, he, he's got a good eye for He's got an eye for a good finish as well and that bodes well going forward. He's only going to get better and better, stronger, fitter and yeah, it's just, I reckon he's just going to flourish. Yeah, so there's, so there's still positives and I, I try to fucking scramble for them but those are a few that I took out of, took out of the last couple of games. Well, listen here, I, wanna, I have a question for all of you. Is anyone concerned at the minute about the form of Firmino? Because I am. Oh, I am. I have been for a while. Wait, wait, wait tell you guys, I, wa- I don't know whether you saw any of the, the international break, but honestly, I, he played both games for Brazil and I can't recall him doing anything. Um, I made a joke here to one of my friends, like, you know, it's almost like, you know, winning the golden ticket. You want to see how Brazil play. You can have an on-pitch experience. You don't need to do anything because he did fucking nothing. And he was so, he was almost like out of his depth. It was, it it was really, and you know, a player that at at times this season has shown and his work ethic, you cannot, you can't say a word against him, but the work ethic wasn't even there. And it could, you, what what Dave said there, it, it could just be knackered. But it's it's a concern with the with this run in, you know, and especially with Manny being out. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, there is I that, think he just looks fucked. I think he, just I think he fucked. looks fucked. He's he, played millions of minutes, millions he's and millions the full of minutes. He's ninety constantly. He's, he he rarely comes off because there's no other option. Basically. Exactly, there's no. And this other, brings no us back to the squad there. issue, doesn't it? This brings mm-hmm. us back to the squad issue, mm-hmm. and, and that we do have the the weakest squad out of the top six. And and for me, what we've done so far this season's a fucking monumental achievement. Yeah, you know, Steve Ogarigi's has got fucking 11, 11 league goals in fifteen starts. The boy has the end product. Yeah, he's the end yeah. product. He finishes. He, 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 I saw a stat recently as well, a, a better one than that. Goals per per minute. Uh, he's, 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 
Fucking electric. His, his stats are, are really good. I mean, he but, but he's a nine, Neil. You see, the problem is yeah. we push him out wide. And I, I I think that long term, you know, the way that will go with him is that he will be an out and out nine. I think, you know, he's he's being wedged in at times, you know, to give him minutes. And I fully, I support it and understand it. But I don't support it because I really do like Origi. And I, I, I'm, very, I'm loath to criticize him in any way. Um, and I think the criticism comes from him being less effective in the wider role, and it's a little bit frustrating at times for the fans, and I can get it. I agree, Dave, and I think it, it's testament to him as much as the manager that when he came on against Everton, it was, for me, no shifted and out, out the right, and the the same um, the same from last night when he played through the middle, it was, for me, no made, or for me, no made way for him, so... I agree. Yeah, I, think, I enjoy him far more through the middle. I think Klopp's basically decided now if I'm going to play him, I'm going to play him through the middle. I think he's he's cottoned on essentially that uh, this guy is, is a nine. Um, but on for me, no, I think the knackered thing is is right because he he rarely gets a rarely gets a break. He also flew to Brazil, uh, played a bit out there, um, had had the obviously the jet lag. Comes back, Coutinho's been sort of out injured. Then he came back. He's been getting, uh, been coming off after sixty, after seventy, and so on. Firmino's essentially running to the ground, and that's obviously because he can, and Klopp knows that he can do it to him. But it's not a bit of wonder that from time to time his form dips like. But when it does, Neil, it's so noticeable. You know what I mean? But it's it's what he brings to you know when he's on form, what he brings, the the work, the amount of chasing down, the amount of balls that he should never win, things like, and we miss that. And, you know, it's something that we need more so now than we ever did. And he just appears to be out in his feet. Absolutely. But he still gets two assists in the last two games. Albeit the one for uh, Mane is not much. He doesn't do that much. But he still plays the one-two. And he gets the assist for Coutinho last night. So he's still contributing, even though he's he's certainly not not at uh, full pelt mark. The thing is, with those two goals, Neil, it's the right pass at the right time. Yeah, and exactly. the right weight. And, and, and linking it know, up just perfectly. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. And if you're not getting them at, you know, 90, 80, maybe even 85 or 75%, you still, there's still the potential for him to just see something that no one else will see. Like, for instance, yeah. the, 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 um, first, the first goal, no, the second goal against Arsenal. Where he played that pass across the across the box to Mane that fucking yeah. no one no one in the ground even saw it. I was fucking I was in the cop and I was screaming for him to shoot. I had a fucking best seat in the house for to see where Mane was. And I was screaming for him to shoot and he fucking passes it across and and it's a fucking goal. So there's still that potential there. But yeah, Dave, he's, he's not he's not he's not at the same level he was earlier on in the season, and I can only attribute that to the minutes that he's had to play. But again. You know, we'll keep coming back to this this squad question and what we're what we're going to do in the summer, which is a huge question. But the more immediate question is, is the next the next well, seven well, games. Well, what do you yeah. do, Dave? You know, in the next one, then what what what, what would your thoughts? But you know, like obviously, if, he, if he's that out in his feet, would it not be wise to, to to take the take him out? Maybe even even only give him like fifty minutes or something in the next game and let him rest because there is sort of gaps developing in these games now we're nearly going back to one game a week you would expect with with that that it would regenerate him a little bit you're rightly pointing the jet lag he played two full games for the national team here because it was literally nobody else um and, and the series and he that's did the play. problem with us yeah and, and the, yeah, the same problem i think that's going to be the problem with us going forward. i think he starts him against stoke I... well, what's 
what's your team? What's your team, Dave? If you say you don't start them, what is your team? It's got to be and a then, Woodburn or, a, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and that's what I'm down to. And, and, that and that's do, the issue. Mate. That doesn't sit comfortably. Given what's at stake, given the prize at stake, that doesn't necessarily sit so comfortably with me. Um, but then again, we're never going to know what these kids are made of unless we chuck them in. You know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Um, How about Moreno up front? <laughs> I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll see him again somehow. There's no more cups. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong, and it's valid. Hates. But 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 as we saw with with, it's uh, not valid because Klopp won't do it. And and, and, and I was got, I was going to cite yeah. Mamadou Sacco. You know, once he makes his mind up, and maybe what we're seeing with Daniel Sturridge at the minute, I think the mind's made up there as well. There's not much turning in it, um, or and certainly Sturridge not in the immediate. He's going to get eight and seven and get us Champions League and. Well, do you know what, Ums? It's, I'll tell you what, he fucking owes it to us. He owes us that. If he does, I'll still fucking sell him. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would just say it as, as recompense for the fucking frustration that he's put us through for, what, three seasons now? Since 2014. Uh, he owes us that. Um, he owes us 20 goals, actually, in, in the next seven games. Yeah, man, I'd be very, very interested to see, because I, I agree, I think Sturge's uh, time is up. Yeah, and Liverpool will be, will be really surprised to see him again. But you know, given how threadbare the squad is at the moment, and what we're saying about Firmino looking visibly knackered and, and so on, there, there is an outside chance that we see him against Stoke. But personally, I don't see it. I, I see us going with with the same team pretty much as, as started against um, against Bournemouth last night, except. Uh, Matip will come in for uh, Clavin, I would imagine, uh, but I can I can't see too many other changes there. I think it's going to be a Lucas Lucas Chamonald in midfield because Henderson's not back, Lalana's not back. I think you're going to have Firmino, Origi, Coutinho up front, um, and you're back four. Yeah, uh, Matip back in, and and the usual the usual fullbacks. Best case scenario here is is we've got Matip and and Lovren, um, yeah. as Start the start the next seven games. You hope yeah, you go. The love runs a positive, Amara. There you go. Totally. I was is. really surprised. I thought he was going to come back, and I was a bit nervous. I was thinking, oh shit, he hasn't played for six weeks or whatever it was. But he did really well against Everton. So that was. He's a two good games. I do you know what I thought he had a good game last night, despite mm. whatever else happened. I thought he was good last night. That Fair second enough. goal yeah. initially he did clear, but just obviously not far enough. But, well, um, well, he he, he can, he's, he's the man behind, you know. Mm. You know, he's the man behind from the throw in, and he, he wins just, the header. So fair yeah. play. It's the it's the second header that's the issue really, and then fucking we'll, we'll discuss at length what happens after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get a package you, deal with him and Henderson, get them out the door in the summer, and all be all. Well, everything will be fine. I was going to say, I was going to say, Dave <laughs> Henderson. Hopefully for that's me. That's not nice be... to say about Johnny. Honestly, that's not nice. <laughs> oh, we'll get send him too. <laughs> Um, you'll have Henderson coming back, hopefully. Well, we'll see, but you will have Chan's a lot of done really in a well in his absence, as well. Though. Well, Chan has done well, but because he's got a run of games, I would have been shouting about all season. He's now settled into that midfield, and and he's fit again. It's apparently his, his niggle is gone. They're over that because he was carrying, so been carrying something most of the season by all accounts. So, yeah, and fair play to him for putting a shift in. Um, last night because he gets the uh, the absolute shit kicked out of him in the derby. Yeah, he was kicked all over the fucking park. We didn't. Uh, do you know what? Earlier on when we were discussing that, we didn't even discuss Barkley's potential two red cards and Ashley Williams' potential two red cards. Yeah, Never yeah. mind the yellow cards that weren't given. But it was uh, shocking. 
It's the only way they can get to us. They can't it was brutal. They, we were better than them at, in every area of the pitch other than fucking kicking people. Well, that, we need and to Ross, to do that, Ross you know. That's the thing about us. Fucking shithead anyway. I mean, fucking... It was potential when. I mean, what does he do? He, he loses the ball continuously. Continually. He, <laughs> he gives the ball away. He so gives well. the ball away. Picks the wrong pass constantly. His touch is poor. His, his, his decision making's all over the place. He's Did you see Tony rubbish. Barrett's tweet? He's Tony never Barrett. Tony what Barrett tweeted something like um, Barkley's not ready for England and stuff like that. And I think he got a lot of flack about it. And he had to write an article explaining what he meant because <laughs> people were really he's not ready. He's not fucking ready for and That's what I mean. Him. And he said, and well, I can't know. articulate myself in 140 characters. So here you go. So he wrote yeah. a whole article on it, which was quite funny. That boy he's, will never make it because as technically he's got a stupid gifted, haircut, that's why. As technically gifted as he is, he is fuck all between his ears. Yeah. He hasn't got the fucking brain for it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there then for this week. So yeah, as we said, it's been a been a roller coaster and it's I suppose it's been a bit of a wind, it's been a bit of a yarn, there's been some positives in there, plenty of frustration and negativity as well. But I mean that's the the life of a Liverpool fan, and as you all you all know. Um, so thanks very much for listening. We have been Copcast. Um, I want to say thanks very much to my panel, uh, Dave Karen in Brazil, uh, Dave Dunning in Belfast, and Umaranaz in the car in London. Thanks very much, Ums, for, <laughs> Again. for staying there. Yeah. yeah, back in the car. And uh, yeah, I just just come to you all for for plugs. So I'll start with start with Umara because I know. You've uh, written something that you were alluding to earlier in the in the pod. Yeah, basically just a lot of what we've spoken about. It was the post-match um, Bournemouth review, although I don't know if it's a review or a rant or what it is, but you can check it out. I wrote that today. I was on another pod yesterday. That was my other pod in the car. <laughs> That's why. Um, yeah, we did. This was pre-Bournemouth, so you know we. I, that, another, that's what really pissed me off about this match because I predicted a two-one win and I predicted Oregon Coutinho to score. I was so close. You were so close, but so they have truly <laughs> snatched away from you by. I was fucking... like, oh my God, I even got the scorers right. <laughs> but, yeah. okay, yeah. but I just, yeah. just missed out. Just missed and out. what pod but, yeah. was that then? <laughs> uh, podcasting Couch with uh, Nish, which is um, quite, he's quite, uh, he's very good, very good pod. Check it out. Excellent. So, yeah, check that out and absolutely check out the, uh, the review or the rant or the. The, yeah, Revant or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, Dave, Dave Dunning, anything interesting for you to plug for us this week? No, I've nothing interesting to plug at all this week. I'll plug Umara's various ventures because she decided <laughs> to plug them herself this week. Um, Just back me up, eh? I was totally, and I have read your, your Bournemouth rant and it depressed me somewhat. Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It was, it's not it for was, the positive among you. I'm gonna put it that way. I tried to be a little bit. Not, not it, was, it was. It was. It was. There was context there at least. So I'm. I'm totally. <laughs> totally on board with that. I, I haven't grand. given up on us. Don't worry. I haven't given up. Given up on. No, I know. It was just, I, it was just I, a bit of a pissy result. That's all. Yeah, you, you might want to wait a couple of hours after the match next time to write oh, something. No, I did it this morning and I still felt pissy. So. Oh really? I thought, this isn't going away. So I just wrote. <laughs> Okay, so yes, nothing, nothing other than that. Thanks. <laughs>
I think it was enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, much to do about, uh, about nothing in the end. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, get on Umara's, uh, Umara's stuff. And uh, Dave, uh, Karen, what have you got to plug for us this week? Believe it or not, very, very little. Uh, this is only the second pod I've done in two weeks. Um, some, some withdrawal symptoms. Slacker. Yeah, no, I went well and shit and shit happened. Fucking computer blew up and oh, I'll plug SSD drives. If you don't have an SSD drive in your computer, you're missing out. Honestly, change your life. Uh, other than that, <laughs> WFI. That, that was a Dave Dunning type plug. Up there, you are. SSD mm. drives. Um, anything WFI has at the minute. The, the Bundesliga side, I know that. Um, I have a league. I think I'm losing sadly. A VPL out. Uh, there's a tactics coming up tomorrow. Just the usual shows in WFI. If you haven't listened to it, go across. All good stuff. And that's me. Wonderful, great stuff. Well, yeah, I have not much to plug, just just this. And uh, if you're hearing this, hopefully you've listened to the pod. So uh, go back and listen to it again. Why not? Uh, also, I suppose I'll, I'll plug the the new line of duty on, on BBC One. That's not bad. I always, always like that for shows. So if you're in your kind of um, cop shows, criminal investigation type shit, then that's always worth a watch. Uh, it's shot in Belfast as well, so if you're from that neck of the woods, it's always fun trying to work out where they actually are. Um, That's a bad, bad choice of words there, Neil. Shot in Belfast. Oh, shot, shot in Belfast, well. <laughs> <laughs> many, many, many things have been shot in Belfast. Uh, in, in many, on uh, on many levels as well. So yeah, we're on that bombshell. Another pun for him. Oh, oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> Those days are over, Neil. <laughs> this has nothing to do with me. I just want to put. I'll go on record as a Muslim person. <laughs> we we we're, we're, we're all terrorists here. Come on. We're You're still a Brit, Omara. We'll not. We'll not. We'll not discriminate. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, on that on that kind of black sheep outcast sort of a note. We shall uh, we shall wrap this one up. Uh, we've been Copcast. This is on Cop Left, and uh, let's go and batter Stoke on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>